Welcome to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia travel production. I'm your host, Tina Farmer. I'm a mom of two wonderful little boys, one of which is on the autism spectrum. I'm a travel advisor, an IBCCS certified autism travel professional, and an accessible travel advocate. I believe travel is for everyone, and that's why on this podcast, we address ways to make travel accessible and successful for everyone. For more information about what I do and who I serve, head on over to www.lilyandmagnoliatravel.com. Hey buddy, would you rather go swimming with whale sharks or climb a mountain? Climb a mountain. What mountain would you want to climb? Mm, Eagle's Peak. Eagle's Peak? Um, I don't think that is a mountain. I think that's a hill. Can you think of another mountain that you might want to climb? Hmm. I want to climb Pike's Peak. Oh, that would be a fun mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. Instead of driving it, we could climb it. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Special Needs Travel Podcast. I am your host, Dina Farmer, owner of Lily and Katie McIntosh, a travel blogger over at the Katie Show Block. I feel like the Air Force is such a small world and keeps sending me people over and over again. I haven't officially met Katie in person, but when we were both stationed on the island of Oahu, I stumbled on her travel blog from a military spouse blogging community. I followed her to be inspired by the different places she visited so that I could take my son to some of these places, although <laughs> there was a couple that I was like, ah, uh, maybe not. During this episode, I chat with Katie about her chronic illness and how she can travel with it and some tips and tricks she uses to make sure she can travel and see all the things she wants to see. But before we dive into this episode, let's take a few minutes to listen to a few words from my sponsors. Well, welcome to the Special Needs Travel Podcast. I am your host, Dina Farmer, and I am super duper thrilled to have Katie McIntosh with us on the podcast today. And I keep saying how this world is such a tiny, strange place. Like, only have I met Marquita from Tribe on a Quest when we were both stationed in Misawa, Japan at the same time. But um, Katie was also stationed in Hawaii with us. I don't know if Katie was stationed in Hickam or not, but um, there she was there at the same time. And I got a lot of travel inspiration of exploring the island of Oahu. <laughs> From Katie. So a little bit about Katie. Katie McIntosh is a travel blogger who creates practical travel guides to help other people with chronic illnesses gain the confidence to travel the world. And again, like I said, I am super thrilled to have Katie on the podcast today. Um, Katie, I would love if you could introduce yourself to my audience and um, talk a little bit about yourself. Oh, of course. Well, uh, thank you for having me again. Um, So my name is Katie. I own and like create at the Katie Show blog and uh, my blog, the Katie Show blog is just a travel blog. It's, you know, uh, I write mostly for women and just focus on really practical, real talk uh, guides to help other people plan their own travels and adventures. And so I think anyone could pretty much look at one of my guides and Mm -hmm. have as much information as they need to plan whatever that adventure or travel I was talking about Um, but I also focus on sort of just sharing my experiences and my story with uh, as someone who travels and travels solo most of the time with a disease called endometriosis and um, I've also had like 
a pretty dramatic weight loss in my life, uh, which completely right. changed my life. So I, I share these like stories of things as well, sort of weave that in just to help other people. You know, we're all trying to overcome something. So like just help uh, uh, spread awareness and then other people just overcome their challenges as well. That is really amazing. And you you beat me to the punch about asking what your chronic illness was. But I have had the chance of speaking with only one other guest thus far about um, traveling with a chronic illness. Um, and I was just wondering if you could, again, share with us what um, your illnesses, which I know that we just heard it was endometriosis. Um, and what are the limitations involved with traveling with this um, disease? Oh, okay, yeah. So endometriosis, or it's it's kind of also commonly known as endo, just mm -hmm. a shortened version of that. And I always describe it in the simplest way, because I only have a simple brain. Um, <laughs> it's when like the uterus sort of packs up, moves house to other parts of the body. Um, mm. But while it's in these other areas of the body, um, outside of the uterus, it's still acting as it would inside. So it's like having that monthly bleed, which is an internal bleeding now, mm -hmm. it's causing a, a lot of pain. Like that is then causing a lot of pain, a lot of inflammation. Um, and those are like the pretty big characteristics of it, but you'll get other symptoms, just like severe bloating. It'll, I'll go from like gaining, it'll, it'll look like I've gained 10 pounds in like 10 oh minutes God. kind of thing. The bloating gets really right. um, severe really severe chronic fatigue, um, infertility is a big characteristic of it. And mm -hmm. you get this brain fog where it's like it, you just can't think straight or focus on anything. But the good, well, I, I guess it's kind of good. Uh, one of the good kind of things is that it it's characterized by flare-ups. So it comes and goes. It's not like you're in that state permanently. Well, at least I'm not. I can't speak for everyone. Um, right. But, it, you'll get a flare-up and that's when everything will just go from zero to a hundred straight away and um, that's when it's really really bad and then when it's not flared up it's it's a little bit easier to manage um, which is is you know you're always grateful for those times yeah um, and it's triggered like it's triggered by different things because everyone mm -hmm. has different limits uh, so different things for different people but typically different foods um, different amounts of stress and different amounts of like physical strain on the body um, so those kind of things uh, can set it off in a in a hurry and uh, when it comes to like limitations of just living with that uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of I would just say it's like it's hard to do anything when you're in that amount of severe right. pain and it just won't let up it's just hard to like stand or talk mm. or just like anything you can't focus on anything else so it's difficult to like just do your job at work or like be present with people or um just just manage an average day um so that does get pretty difficult um and i would think also like the psychology is is almost one of the trickier parts because right you look so normal from the outside. Like I'm not in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I don't have a guide dog. Any of those things that usually would trigger, you know, um, you know, someone needing help or, or not being, right. you know, like maybe just needing assistance or, or some sort. So you look just completely normal from the outside. And so it can leave you feeling like a bit of a burden if you ever do need help or uh, have to slow down or just need extra rest or things like that. Right. And it almost... Um, in a way, it like 
sounds like a, I'm not, I was going to say chronic illness and that's exactly what it is, but (laughs) like a a hidden disability, like, and I can sympathize because, you know, my oldest son has autism. And while I hate saying this word, but like he looks quote unquote normal, like, or, you know, neurotypical of what everybody thinks that, um, you know, most other individuals look like like he doesn't have autism, but that, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth because you can't see what's inside of a person's body or their brain or, you know, like it doesn't work the same. And it's like, that's one of the huge lessons just, you know, having this has taught me is like, you just really cannot judge someone just from how they look. Like you don't know what they're going through at all or, you know, anything like that. Like I've heard stories of like, you know, the people who, wouldn't stand up for someone on a bus or anything like that but then I always think like we can't judge that that person who looked able-bodied and and perfectly fine on the outside like wasn't in severe pain or didn't need that seat just as much so right like that you just really can't judge anyone just from the uh, how they look on yeah exactly a hundred percent uh yeah yes Um, so what are some things that you need to consider, uh, before you travel and do you travel? And I know that, um, Katie is also a military spouse. So I know some of us kind of like take the risk with TRICARE, but do you also travel, um, with travel insurance? Um, so I don't get any extra insurance just aside from like whatever TRICARE offers. Um, but sort of before I got married and I was, um, still always traveling, uh, mm-hmm. always bought, um, whatever insurance was available to me at the time. Right. Um, I really think that's so important. I think even if you don't have a disease, I, I always say like, if you don't have enough money for insurance, you don't have enough money to travel yet. Like it's, <gasps> you just never Oh my know. God, I love that. You just never know what's <laughs> going to happen and yeah. you need to be prepared, you know? Um, right. So I think it's really important to have insurance no matter what. Um, and considerations before I travel since, uh, since endo is like, you can't be cured or anything. Mm-hmm. So you just become a lifelong manager of it. Um, right. so my considerations are usually just like how I manage the disease, you know, so mm. when I'm uh, preparing for a trip, I make sure I always, uh, take whatever I need or whatever I can take, um, to help me in case I get an endo flare, like I want to have my a couple of packets of the dandelion tea. I find that really helps with bloating, mm-hmm. things like that. A um, couple of little comfort items like that. Uh, I'm managing it just by listening to my body, which is probably the most important thing I do. So if it's starting to tell me I need to rest or I'm pushing the limits too hard, I just sort of rein it in and, and I'll take a slow night and just rest. So it's kind of my own management and sort of knowing how it works for my body right and I have I, I would say a fairly good understanding of where the limits are and what my routines are now but mm-hmm. I certainly had to get it wrong a lot of times before <laughs> I figured that out like it was a lot right. of trial and error and you know, a lot of just yeah getting that wrong and then I found the limits and went okay now I know for next time I feel like that is true for like everybody regardless if you have a disability or not is that you you, you do have to go, unfortunately, and find out what yeah. <laughs> your limits are and, like, fail along the way, which I've definitely done that with my son more than a few times. Like, whoops, uh, Disney was not a good idea. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the best way to learn. <laughs> mm, exactly. And um, I, I, this just popped up while you were talking, but I guess that you also put flexibility probably in your travel plans of, like, um, you don't, I'm, I'm asking, uh, you don't make, like, 
a ton of plans and give yourself room to be able to um, have, I guess, have that wiggle room to be able to rest during your travels as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not one of those people that writes like a rigid itinerary mm-hmm. for every day and every minute. I right. will have like a short list, like if I was going to um, like Paris, it'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, I know I want to see the Eiffel Tower. I know I want to see the bone uh, underground cave things. And I'll sort of have like a short list of things in an ideal world. I would not leave without seeing those things, but then everything else, it, there'll be a longer list of other things that if I can get to it, it's a bonus. If I need to rest and I can't get to it, it's, that's okay too, you know? So that's how I have my, um, my wiggle room. That's, I feel like a really great way, especially um, if you do have a disability to be able to, yeah, <laughs> to have that wiggle room and be able to go, okay, this is, this is as much as we can handle. And then, yeah, like if we have time, but not overwhelm yourself for sure. Um, so what are some recommendations that you would give someone that is traveling for the first time with a chronic illness? Um, I would say most importantly, if it's your first time, like, Mm -hmm. um, it's quite, it might be easy to get overwhelmed. Um, so I would just say, start off with just being open to the experience, you know, and there's going to be some moments and some days that are just amazing and you'll be on top of the world. And then some other days where it's just challenging and that's just the way it is, you know. So mm-hmm. just be open to like riding the waves and, and just experiencing all that it's going to be. And, uh, yeah, just just that, being open to it I think is really important. Um, and then also remembering like you know your body better right. than anyone else. So just listen to it. It speaks and you just have to listen and then be open to like, like we said before, just making those mistakes and learning from them, like be open to that trial and error process. Um, I think those are are really important things just to sort of uh, reduce the risk of, of being too overwhelmed. And then in terms of like practical advice, I think it's really important. I don't usually do this, so I don't know as Mm -hmm. many of the rules, but if you are traveling with any sort of pain medication, especially, or any mm. medication, um, research whatever you need to get through customs because mm-hmm. you really don't want to find out when they're searching your bag that you've brought in an illegal medication or you don't <laughs> have the right prescription or paperwork. So right. research that. That's really important. Um, I would say always have, for endo specifically, like mm-hmm. have spare period products with you because sometimes mm. when you travel, they're not as easy to just buy at a convenience store like sometimes we take that for granted just being able to stop and buy some Mm -hmm. Um, so that I always have spare and then um always have them with you because you also never know when you're going to need them right and then I thought also like maybe have emergency numbers in your phone just in case Mm -hmm. but that would really with endo that would really be a just in case because most likely you know you know it's like you know you have the disease so you know it's not life-threatening most of the time you know what the pain is and you can just sort of sleep it off so but it doesn't hurt (laughs) I mean absolutely for sure (laughs) for sure and I think uh that's interesting because my last guest that I had on Jennifer Lloyd she also mentioned that about the medications um which of course I didn't have any idea because my son is he's he's not medicated and 
like it's just typical medications like I bring my military issue Motrin with me everywhere you know um but she did tell me about that in Japan of like there's certain medications I guess Sudafed Sudafed I think is what she said is not allowed in Japan and I was very shocked (laughs) to find that out some other countries as well Oh, really? So I, I don't want to name countries because I don't know for sure, but I right. feel like I've read it before as well. So That's, I guess best to check. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, definitely, um, I feel like uh, coordinating with um, TSA as well. Like, I know it's the USA specific, but just letting, you know, making sure that they um, are <laughs> know what medications you're bringing yeah. to and yeah, all that fun stuff. Um so I know that Katie, you book your own vacations, but if somebody was working, because to be transparent, I am a travel advisor. If they're working with a travel advisor, what would be some things um, that you would want to discuss with a travel advisor, uh, considering your illness before you plan a trip with them? Um, the biggest hurdle, what would I mm-hmm. want? Uh, the biggest hurdle is really getting around. Um, okay. Because it, it, that's when it gets really challenging. If you do get that flare up and things have mm. gone from zero to a hundred in five seconds, and <laughs> yeah. you just need to get back to your room pretty fast. Like, um, I, I, I just want to know how can I get around? I usually want a hotel with a really good location because uh, I want to be able to get to the main sites. You know, if I'm in a city, I want to be able to get to the main sites pretty easily. By most of the time, I walk, uh, but sometimes. I, uh, I would take public transport, so I want to be close to a bus stop at least or train or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I want to be able to easily get around. And I also want, like, somewhere really comfortable. I'm kind of over those days of, like, sharing a hostel room with other people or whatever. Like, I want a quiet space and a comfortable bed um, because if you do get that endo flare, like, that's the only comfort you have, you know, while you sit there with so much pain. So... I'm at the stage now where like I'm willing to pay extra to get those things like a good location and some good, a good comfortable area. And the other thing I thought, like I mm-hmm. do walk a lot because I travel solo pretty much all the time. Right. So driving is not the best option for me because if mm-hmm. an end of flare does strike and then I'm, I'm stuck on the side of the road somewhere by myself, you know, and I don't know the area. Right. I don't know what areas are safe to stop at. It just opens up like more safety issues than just being able to walk, you know, and then worst case, like I can just stop and sit in a cafe for a bit to rest until I'm mm-hmm. able to walk back to my hotel. So um, that's another thing that I would probably keep in mind is it's not some people be like, oh, you can just rent a car and go here. But, you know, I, I can do it sometimes, but it's not right. always like my number one go-to. Right. Especially if it's like, um, <laughs> I remember visiting Ireland and I think that they drive on the opposite side. Yeah. I think they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I just don't like, of course we were stationed in Japan, but I, I didn't feel comfortable even in Japan driving on the opposite side of the road. Um, so that would be like something too. Like, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> yeah. And like different road signs, like right. adds so much to your um, list of things to figure out. And then mm-hmm. if you're by yourself, it's like, uh, yeah, it would be take a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or rely on public transportation for sure, or have like I guess if that's part of your trip too is like having pr- private transfers or having transfers included to make it that much easier yeah. for you to travel. Yeah, especially like 
the private ones are great when you mm-hmm. are getting from the airport to your hotel when you first land because usually yeah. you're tired from traveling. So yeah. it makes it easy. So, so true. So we did talk a little bit about um, your um, disease, but what has been your experience thus far um, while traveling with Indo? Um, it's amazing. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's it's great. And in, in a way, the invisibility of it helps mm-hmm. because you just sort of blend in unnoticed and, and go through and sort of like just enjoy things as anyone else would. Um, but I wouldn't like sugarcoat it. I don't want to give any false impressions. It's definitely very challenging at times. There have been so many just low points that are just very low. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's very difficult sometimes but um overall I just I wouldn't change anything because traveling and traveling by myself with a disease like I've been able to learn so much like I just feel so empowered Mm -hmm. to be able to have like made this choice made the best of the cards I've been dealt you know and and made the most of this situation even if I'm a little bit slower and even if I don't get Mm -hmm. to do everything I want like I'm still like I feel like I'm overcoming my own limits And uh, I'm mostly just grateful and grateful to be able to do it. And that is beautiful. And that, and also like I, I always tell myself in, in moments where I'm like, oh man, I really wanted to go see, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but you know, my son couldn't handle it because of the people or, you know, whatever. I always say, it'll still be there. We can plan another trip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, To come back. Yeah, exactly. So I know like on his list right now is Mexico and I'm like, all right, we're going to, I have to get a new passport because mama keeps forgetting. And then COVID happened. Like, I was just like, ah, (laughs) but yeah, that's on our list. And I was like, and if all we do is just see one of the temples and sit on the beach for the rest of the time, like, I feel like that is already hands down better than anything we could have done the whole of 2020, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's one thing. You know, when you're dealing with these challenges, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes you just grateful for whatever. Like, I, right. I don't have that pressure of, you know, this has to be the perfect vacation. I have to see everything and do everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just grateful for the experience. It sounds like you are as well. Like, you know, it's a good, it's good in that way. I think so, too. And it makes you, uh, I feel like it always makes your vacation not as hurried. I think that's the word I'm looking for. So you can actually relax it and you don't need a vacation from your vacation, yeah. Yeah. which I hate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that is all the major questions I had. I'm going to dive in to the quick fire questions and then I'm going to leave space for you to talk about anything that we didn't get to, but this still applies completely to, um, the way that you travel. So considering um endo what has been your least favorite destination that you've traveled to thus far oh just in terms of having endo mm-hmm. um and you can also answer and uh outside of that too <laughs> okay outside of that is easy because i think it's miami it just oh. like a really uh it's like felt like a pretentious vibe that i didn't quite love mm, um but it okay. there ages ago so i'd be open to giving it another shot um but with endo i don't think it's hard to have a least favorite right loved everything but i mean i know egypt was pretty challenging Mm. uh, just because the food was like super carb heavy 
everything. So, right. and that's like one of my biggest triggers for a flare up. So it's hard mm-hmm. to like eat <laughs> and try and like balance it out to last like the whole trip. Um, so that was, that was challenging, but I definitely loved going there. And I, I feel like when you're bloated in general as a woman, you're just like, I'm not, Yeah. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so on the flip side for both Indo and, uh, your personal favorite, what has been your, uh, favorite destination you visited thus far for both? Um, that my personal favorite is easy cause it's Norway. I mm. just love this, just something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I think I have been up to this tiny little cabin in the very North, um, three times now. And there's really like nothing amazing about it it's in the middle of nowhere it doesn't even have running water you have to poop outside like it's oh. nothing amazing but I just right. love being there so much and I could go back another 10 times um I think it's just like it's very peaceful it's out in right. nature and then and it's just quiet and it's just peaceful you just get in touch with the world and like get mm. perspective again because there's no distractions so I just love it it's beautiful as well Yes. And Katie sent me her picture. So if you go check out the blog article, it is definitely of her in Norway with some furs on by a ship. Uh, And I'm like, I want to go, but I really don't like the snow all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I actually hated the cold until I went there. And then it just, something about it. I don't, it's hard to explain because I don't even know what it is, but I like it there. Something magical about Norway. (laughs) It's got a pool. Yeah. Um, So what about for Endo? Um, favorite place for having endo, really just, I mean, I might just say Norway again, because it's got mm-hmm. good public transport, so it's easy to get everywhere, and right. pretty much everyone speaks English, so if you have to communicate anything, and you don't have the energy to sort of uh, play charades with a different language, like it's mm. easy, and the foods are fresh and nice there, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, retain Norway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So now, once ugh, all this COVID stuff is in the past, um, what is one place that you haven't traveled to yet, Katie, that you would love to visit in the future? Uh, high on my list is Japan. Mm. I just always wanted to go there, and it's never mm-hmm. happened. And I, I just, I trust it's going to happen at the perfect time. Right. That's, that's uh, I would love to go there. I love it. I think... I, I've been so lucky to have gotten stationed there for six non-consecutive years, and I wow. I loved it there. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really nice, and the food is really great, um, you just, and, and you can also avoid carbs uh, for the most part there, and they don't add a lot of sugar oh. to their sweets. Yeah, yeah. So my son was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, Japanese treats, and they're so much better than American ones because they don't have a ton of sugar in them. <laughs> yeah. But everybody's super duper nice there, and you don't. Uh, I it's a lot of walking and um, lots and lots of tra- uh, public transportation <laughs> as well. Yeah, I love it. Hopefully, I hope I have my fingers and my toes crossed for you that you'll make it there because it's it's such a beautiful country. I love it. Um, so this is actually targeted right at Indo, but what would be one tip that you would give someone that is traveling um, with endometriosis? Um, I would say probably, I know I've said it a few times Mm -hmm. already, um, but the most important thing is really to just listen to your body, 
and know your limits. So okay, yeah, if you need to rest, just rest. You know, because <laughs> you're like I said, like you're the you become the manager of this disease for the rest of your right. life. But like it's up to you to manage it. So just listen, just slow down if you need. Then you can speed up when you can. Um, just listen to your body. That's really important because once you get past that point of no return with the endo flare, then it's going to ruin everything and it's going to be so much harder to recover from. So if you can get it early, it's, you know, you can have a night, one night of slow rest and then sort of bounce back maybe. I think everyone's different. So of course, I, I don't yeah. know that, but that's what it's like for me. If I get it early, I can, it's much easier. Um, I would also say just like have realistic expectations. Like mm-hmm. we said, like not, um, set in that strict rigid itinerary that has every minute planned out like just have some realistic expectations of yourself and um just enjoy it like don't let it stop you from doing anything just enjoy it you deserve it and have have a good time so on that same coin would you also um want to know like where a hospital is or a clinic or something like that during your travels as well um is it that I don't need to, but I think the hardest, the harder mm-hmm. part of having endo is when you don't know you have it, and because it's a very long right. like diagnosis process, you have to rule out everything else um, first. So that's that's such a stre- stressful period. Well, it was for me because um, it took like a couple of years. Mm. So that's when like I don't know what this pain is. I was in an emergency room trying to figure it out, um, but now that I know I have it, I don't really. I've never had to go to a hospital or a clinic when I've been traveling because mm-hmm. I know what's going on, you know, so it's, it's easier. I know I just have to get back, rest up, you know, maybe, um, take a long shower or whatever. Just, just, it's mostly just rest and then maybe stop eating too much junk food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't usually need like medical care in that sense. Mm. Well, that is really good to know. I know that everybody is different, but that is really yeah. good to know as well. Um, so my very, very, very last question for you before I turn it over to you, Katie, is how many places have you traveled to thus far? And I know that you've been really blessed with not only being a military spouse, but then being, um, able to travel solo. So I would love, I'm so curious (laughs) to know. (laughs) Yeah, definitely very fortunate, very grateful. Um, I I don't have a number. I have no idea. Uh, It's been been too long. (laughs) Yeah. I was traveling sort of long before I ever got married and mm. I'll probably do it until I you know am old and uh, broken down but yeah, yeah I, I don't have a number lots of places though and if you check out Katie's blog um she has tons of places and again that's where I discovered her I can't remember what group I found it was like a military spouse blogging group that I think is no longer around anymore oh. um I cannot remember the name of it but I just remember her uh, post and that's how I first discovered her was about the mermaid caves on the island of Oahu and um, then I was like Katie is awesome and she's telling me of all these places that I didn't know about in Hawaii that <laughs> I really want to visit and some of them you know are not necessarily safe for kids like the mermaid caves but um, her blog has so much information about traveling on it so you would be uh, really missing out if you didn't <laughs> check out her blog so, Katie, I'm going to give you a moment to speak if we missed anything you thought was important to talk about um, before I ask you to let my listeners know how they can reach out to you if they have any questions. Oh, um, well, I think your questions were really good. They covered everything really well and lots of different elements to it. Um, but I hope 
Well, thank you. If, if we think of like the biggest takeaways now that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of it in my head, I just hope we remember like don't judge people from the outside appearance. Right. And then if you do have endo or any disease, like just listen to your body and and don't let it stop you from living a, a full life because you deserve it just as much as anyone else. Exactly. I, and I, I, I think that's my tagline is that travel is for everyone. Um, and I always put like in quotation or uh, parentheses, no matter your abilities. So that is that is beautiful, <laughs> Katie. Um, so I would love it if you could leave uh, where my listeners could find you. Um, and then, of course, I will leave all of the information that Katie says in the show notes. Oh, yes. So. Come and join in the party on social media. Uh, I think all my handles are at Katie Show Blog. I also mm-hmm. have a Facebook group uh, called KSB Travel Mates, and that's I do like a weekly live hangout once a week where we just get to chat and and really just an off the cuff informal chat, which is really fun. And I just wrote a new book. Actually, I launched it uh, last month, and it was when I traveled around for a whole year just interviewing people who work in travel and all their interviews and their lessons and what a day in the life of someone who works where we vacation is like is in that book. So it's on Amazon. It's called Your Vacation, My Office. I'll definitely leave a link to that book in the show notes as well. Um, And another little tidbit about Katie is she's a big uh, WWE fan. So if you ever for her social media you will find uh well maybe maybe the rock specifically i should say that oh maybe. wrestling no, if, oh, okay it's yeah. all if you're at a wrestling show i'll be sitting down the front with you screaming at the matches <laughs> like i'm i love it it was a little you know we're all unique and different so it was like a little tidbit about her that i was like oh that's really cool i haven't watched wrestling since i was a kid so like yeah. if you love wrestling i think katie is your girl so <laughs> Oh my gosh, Katie, it has been so great. Thank you so much for giving me some time today to talk about all of this. And again, I will leave everything that she talked about, including her book and the social media um, links in the show notes. And as always, it has been wonderful. And without you all, this podcast wouldn't be here. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you real soon. Thanks for listening to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia travel production. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a review. Travel is for everyone, no matter their ability. If you have any questions or you want to continue the conversation, I'm available on email at dina at lillianmagnoliatravel.com or you can reach my sponsor, www.travmarketmedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And as always, I will see you real soon.